everyone and welcome to today's episode from Setting the Tone, which is proudly brought to you by our sponsor, the Catalan Academy. Today's episode is all about the band Raiders. Uh, we have got a Raiders special for you today on today's show. Stick around because you won't want to miss it. Hello everyone and welcome to today's Setting the Tone episode. It's all about the band Raiders. Today we've got um, a show dedicated to the band Raiders. We've got an interview with Sean Smith, formerly of The Blackout, now in his brand new project, Raiders. Uh, you won't want to miss today's episode because in the interview today with Sean we'll be talking about the past, the present and going forward, you know, what, the, what his vision is and what he wants to achieve. Uh, with the band stick around because you won't miss that the first track and the only track I'll be playing you from the band is their latest single Animal that's coming right next and we'll be going straight to an interview with Sean stick around
So, that was the track Animal from the band Raiders. I absolutely love this track. Um, I make no apologies for it. I simply love it because I love the raw emotion in the lyrics. Um, there's a really deep, meaningful story behind the lyrics. And honestly, if you want to hear and want to understand what that's about, you will need to stick around for the interview. Plain and simple as that. Um, other reason why I love the track, simply I love the guitar tones, I love the, the riffs. Um, it's just a really, really cool rock track. Like I say, if you want to know more what the track's about, well, you'll have to stick around for the interview because that's coming right next with Sean Smith. So, Sean, welcome to Set and Turn. It's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for your time. Happening. Um, Happening. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you very much for having me. I know um, we've, we've tried to set this up uh, um, for a while now, but here we are, finally. No, it's, um, it's good. Good. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. Um, Sean, I'm going to cut straight to the chase. How did Raiders come about? How did the journey begin? Um, uh, for anybody who doesn't know, I used to be in a band called The Blackout, which did surprisingly well for six idiots from Merthyr Tidville. And then, um, so I was in that band for 13 years, and that band ended in 2015. And I thought I was done with music. I thought, well, I've completed it now. I've done more than most people will ever do. Probably just leave it there now. And um, I expected everybody else in the world to feel exactly the same. But it turns out um, it was just me. So when I thought nine billion people were going to go, yeah, music's dead, Sean. Let's all move on together. Um, it was just me saying, oh, no, music's rubbish now. So... Um, I didn't do anything for like two and a half years after that, after the blackout split up musically. And then I went to see um, two bands, two mm. bands. Um, one band I won't name because um, it's not a, it's not a, um, a great story for them, but I went to see my friend's band play in Swansea and they were playing to about 60 people. And I got absolutely green jealous um with rage actually um because i was watching them and i i thought i don't know any of these songs but i could get up on stage now and i can make this a better gig um so i saw them play and i was like oh i still got a love for doing this i want to be up there and then the second one then i went to see um holding absence playing in cardiff at a venue called the globe and um i realized that Everybody still loved music and it was still love for music and I still loved music. So I saw them and I saw how much the people who went to see them loved them and were into it. And it just reminded me of back in the old days when like Funeral for a Friend, Kids in Glass Houses, um, The Blackout and like Lost Profits would tour together. Like it was just this young, fun energy and... Yeah, after that, then I messaged Bob, who used to be in the blackout as well. And I said, have you got any riffs? And he replied, of course I fucking have. And then me, Bob, and my friend Chris, who is now in Raiders as the drummer, um, got together. And we just jammed for like 18 months. Because we thought, oh, let's just do something just to, we can all get in a room and let our, um, let our anger out or whatever and have a laugh. And then we eventually got a bassist and we decided, oh, let's let's try shows. Let's try playing shows. I think it's gone now from being like an outlet for our anger and our boredom to 
flipping completely to being well basically i just want these i want this band to put songs out but i don't care if the songs do well or not i just want to play shows so basically at the moment we're putting songs out in hopes that somebody goes oh i like them let's take them on tour or let's put them on a show or something along those lines um so yeah the songs were born out of boredom frustration and anger at things that are going on in the world um, because the Conservatives are still in power in the UK. And that, <laughs> is dre- that is dreadful. It is, yeah. I don't disagree with that one. <laughs> I'm so glad that you've touched on some amazing bands there, like A Kid in Glass Houses, um, you know. Correct. Lost, I, I won't name the main man, but Lost Profits as a band, as musically, um, unfortunately, it's tainted, yeah. but we're so good. Um, and even, you best. guys were good. Yeah, really good. Um, yeah. The Blackout, another great, you know, you know yourself, another great band for Wales. What's yeah. kind of really surprised me as a country for Wales is how do you guys keep producing as a country, as a collective, all these great bands? There's yourselves, Kai, Bullet for My Valentine, Stereophonic, Straight Lines. This, it, it goes on, the list goes on and on. I don't know how you guys yeah. keep doing it. It's like a conveyor belt. Um, yeah, it is in a way, I guess. Um, yeah, it kind of reminds me of the early 2000s, like Long Island, New York scene. So mm-hmm. if you go back to then, you had like Take It Back Sunday, Brand New, Glassjaw. Um, oh, my God, there's loads. I've instantly gone blank. Uh, movie Life. Um but there's like loads, loads of amazing bands came from that area. And then for some reason, in South Wales, it seems to be like a general consensus that the majority of bands love like Glassjaw and Take It Back Sunday and stuff like that from Long Island. So it's, it's almost like we went, oh, that's amazing over there. Let's have a bash over here. And then mm. we've done it. And for some reason, it's kind of carried on. And I think that's, I think that's also plays to the fact that people realize that with music you can get out of Wales so um whereas a lot of people are just trapped here and um will die here um a lot of people realize that um you can make music and you can get out like like me like me like the first band I ever really really liked was like stereophonics and I was like oh my god they're from Aberdeen which is 15 minutes away from where I live. this is mad and then the band I fell in love with after that then was Lost Profits, who were like 15 miles in a slightly different direction. And they are they were on the way up at the time and they had fake sound of progress out. And I was just amazed that a band from 15 miles away from me could make music that I loved that wasn't indie music, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just been constant um, inspiration for each generation and each kind of like, Every three years, it seems to be a, a great band comes out of Wales, and um, yeah, just I think it's people, yeah, it's people wanting to get out, and us all seeing somebody before us who managed to get out and do it, and uh, yeah, here we all are now. Here we all are now. Yeah, and I think, like you said, that's coming around again. You've got Holden Absence, who are phenomenal. They are absolutely slaying it. Today, in fact, today, they just got announced for um, Funeral for a Friend support, which is amazing for those guys. Um, yes, that's going to be fantastic. I, that's going to be a, literally a dream come true for everybody in that band, I'd imagine. They they literally grew up to Funeral for Friends. So, yeah, 100%. it's going to be great for them. 
Yeah, and what Static it? Dresser on that tour as well, who were an yeah. amazing band. Well, it's so. kind, of, kind of good. I haven't got a ticket. I need to try and get one, I think. Yeah. Um, um, so, as you know, Sean, you were in a very successful band. Um, I consider it to be successful in the blackout. What, how do you feel about starting again? Do you kind of feel like you're climbing back through um, and there's less pressure? I know you touched on this earlier where you said we're just playing shows and hopefully seeing, not, sorry, not playing shows, putting up music and then hopefully getting on some shows. Do you feel that's yeah. the way to go forward? Um, yeah, there's no pressure really. Like, well, I suppose there is a bit of pressure because our drummer's bought um, a brand new drum kit. So... Uh, <laughs> We've got to stay together for that, but I mean, in terms of in terms of comparing it to the blackout, it's a lot less pressure. And yeah, like I said, we just want to play shows because I genuinely, because that's the bit I miss the most is just being on stage, being in front of people, entertaining people, and stealing fans. Because that's what the blackout was really good at. Like you could put us on a bill with anybody, and we would have left with a percentage of that audience um, just out of for entertainment value alone so uh, we just like I said we just want to put songs out and get tour support and just have a laugh just have some fun with it not take it you know too seriously um, but yeah yeah and here we are so fingers crossed um, some bands especially bands who I was friends with previously and spe- especially bands who promised to take the blackout onto her and never did, who who the blackout took onto her, they owe me fucking big time. So come on, everybody in bands, retweet Sean's uh, post about the song Animal, it's out by Raiders. It's a phenomenal track. Well, we'll definitely touch on how good that track is shortly. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. Um, I think what I, I I think I saw the blackout unfortunately once or twice, and you you particularly had such an energy on stage. Like there was such and- an energy to you. I like I like the fact you used unfortunately because that could be seen either way. Like unfortunately, yeah. I, I only saw you twice. So I was like, no, luckily for you, you only saw us twice. Um, no, yeah, but that's the thing. It's like since I was a kid, like I've always loved stand-up comedy and stuff like that. And I think my real, what I feel in my real calling in life is probably stand-up, which I'm kind of getting into now. Um, but yeah, we always kind of like. So many times I went to see bands and the front man was fucking wild during songs and he was like, oh my God, oh my God. And then in between songs, just shy or doesn't speak or there was none of that, stuff, you know, no interaction. Or, or you'd have bands who were just so serious, too fucking serious that they, they wouldn't talk in between songs. And I'm like, shut up. That's a perfect time to entertain people, win people over, lose people sometimes. Like, and yeah, it's just... It can it can make or break a show for me. It's like um, I remember like Thrice, right? Are one of my favorite bands, and absolutely amazing. The first album, um, The Illusion of Safety. I remember you and I'm going. The I bet he's amazing live. I bet they got a front man who's wild who just runs about and has a good laugh. And then when I saw him, then I was like, Oh, they got a front man who stands there with a guitar. Oh, bugger. <laughs> but luckily, I still love him, and I've seen him loads of times. And yeah. But I, I wanted Thrice to have like a crazy front man who ran about and stuff. And because that's what it is to me. It's just entertainment. And I want to entertain. Um yeah, whoever you're a fan of. It's like previously the blackout, we did um we did a Kerrang tour where we filled in for some 41. Some 41 pulled out and last uh, pulled out last minute. And of course, of course, when you think of some 41, 
the next band underneath some 41 in that pop punk mega hits uh, is the blackout. No, no, you don't think that. Nobody thought that except the people at Kerrang for some reason. So what we did every night was we'd come on to because it was like it was like two weeks before the tour was meant to start. So people who loved Sum 41 had already bought tickets. So they must have been absolutely just distraught. And I do not blame them. But we would come on every night to Elton John's. Sorry seems to be the hardest word. Um, <laughs> so there was like a build that would go, so sorry, so sorry. And then he would cut there and I'd go, I'm super sorry. We're not some 41. And then we'd start, we'd go into one of our songs, which was called I'm a riot. You're a fucking riot. And then, and that was like our heaviest, fastest song. So we were kind of like, ah, fuck off. Some 41. Blah, blah. <laughs> then as soon as we finished that, I would go, only joking. We are some 41. And then we do the entirety of Fat Lip. And then that would that would win. Anybody who was there to see some 41 over, they would go, oh, the one of the three songs I came to hear anyway. That's amazing. <laughs> and they've done it in a metal style and possibly even better than some 41. Um, so, yeah, we've always had like a running theme about entertaining and just trying to steal fans. And, yeah, that's I'm quite good at that, I think. So I want more of it. So any bands listen to this, and I mean any bands at this point, right? And you'd like Raiders to support you, just get in touch with us and I'm sure we can fucking sort it out. I reckon we should get you a t-shirt that says like Sean Smith steals bands fans or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> just like get, get some Raiders bootleg merch going. Um, Give me your fans. <laughs> My precious fans. <laughs> I, lo- I love it so um animal is out um which is apps for those who haven't heard it it's phenomenal um oh, i'm gonna you. be re- i'm gonna be really honest Sean. like it caught me off guard because i saw got sam post about it and i saw your name and i was like shit sean smith's in the band again jeez yeah. like the man's been so busy doing sapling podcasts and a few years back doing some dj sets at slam dunk with alid and you know just yeah. doing his feeling in the background and he's back in the band so it instantly caught me because of that and then i checked out the track and i was like fuck this is riff heavy this is like anyone that hasn't heard it and you've heard the blackout this is not like obviously naturally it's not the blackout it's so different for yourself it's a different project altogether but so good um yeah, awesome. the message behind the track um well really if you go and watch the video the video kind of helps i guess with the explanation but um so basically when the blackout fell apart um there was people that I thought who had told me, you know, that they'd, oh, they, we'll always be there if you need anything, give me a shout or whatever. And so many, so many of those people fell away after the blackout finished just because there's nothing I could do for them anymore. Or they saw it as there was nothing I could do for them anymore because some of them people are coming back and I've got a podcast that's doing surprisingly well. So, <laughs> fuck right off. Um, but yeah, I saw so many people kind of, distance themselves from us and there was one person who um i text about getting into radio because they offered to help me get into radio i text a week before the blackout announced we were splitting up and they were super interested in helping me out and then a week after the blackout split up i text them again and i didn't hear of them for five years until february 2020 um, because they wanted me to get the blackout back together to do a charity show for them so they could look like they raised money for this charity. 
Um, and yeah, there was loads of people like that that just kind of fell away at the wayside. And it led me down a bit of a dark place, really. Like I, I was lost. I kind of took it as the black I spit it up was the other five didn't want to be in a band with me. Um, and yeah, so I just had this battle going on in my head. Like, is it my fault? Am I to blame? And then I'd, I'd argue with myself and be like, no, don't be so daft. They've, you know, they've just got to get proper jobs because they've got kids and families and stuff and they need a proper wage, finally. Mm. Um, but yeah, this song is a battle about me um, talking to myself mainly um, with the arguments I have in my head, like the verses are like asking um, a person to stay, whereas then the, when the chorus comes in, it's me um, admitting that uh, I'm awful. Oh, to, without quoting the lyrics directly, I'm awful. <laughs> and I am um, an animal. So, um, yeah, so, yeah, the chorus is a very, like, Almost bipolar, I guess. Bipolar to the verses, and then there's the there's a the middle eight where um, it's a mixture of me talking to those people who left um, after the blackout couldn't do anything from anymore, and it's a mixture of me talking to the good side of myself, saying that I'd stay here and carry on and beat all this. So, and yeah, in the end, it's just fucking chaos as well. So. Um, Yes, yeah, a surprisingly deep one. Um, but yeah, check out the video because the videos gives that message that I'm in a constant battle with myself because um, uh, there's a bit in the video where I get shot, but you don't know who I get shot by until you watch the video, I guess. So um, yeah, it all, it all kind of makes sense, I guess, in a way. Um, but again, yeah, we just wanted songs to put out for people to hear, for festivals to hear, for other people in bands to hear, open and they go, oh, this is cool, let's take these out. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's the premise of the song. Um, we recorded it with Todd Campbell um, in Stompbox Studios in South Wales. And Todd is a member of Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons, um, who are another cool band from South Wales with Phil Campbell and Motorhead. Um at the main attraction with our band. It was mixed by Stuart Richardson, formerly of Lost Profits, currently of Thursday and No Devotion. And then it was mastered by Jesse Cannon in New York City. So, um, yeah, without those three, this wouldn't have been possible either. Oh, and we shot the video. The video for Animal was shot by Aaron McKenzie from While She Sleeps. Um, we had to go all the way up to their fantastic unit in Sheffield, and spent a day there soaked in fake blood. Perfect. It's a perfect way to shoot a video, right? It's soaked in blood. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's, it's the only way I find any oh. video. Um, <laughs> sex, yeah, a sex video, a music video, a selfie video. All of them just should be covered in blood. <laughs> I love it. Um, I can't help but notice, obviously, I've, I've just touched on the, the transformation of sound. Obviously, this is quite riff heavy. Um, was this like a sound that you kind of always wanted to do? Maybe even if you were in the blackout, did you kind of wanted to explore this previously and now with Raiders, you can, because obviously it's a whole new project. Um, yes and no, I guess. Yes and no is the answer to that question. Um, did I want, yeah, there were moments when I wanted the blackout to be heavier. 
um, because I'm the least talented one. So all I can do is yell and kind of come up with vocal lines. Um, whereas Gavin can sing like a fucking angel. So he had all the talent. So there were bits where I'd be like, I'd like this to be heavier so I could do more. But there were also songs on the Blackout stuff where I was like, where me and Gabby would like write the vocals together. And I'd just be like, look, that's too high for me. You just sing all of these parts and stuff. Um, but yeah, it was kind of like a takeaway from the Blackout. And I think like songwriting and song structure wise is slightly different than the Blackout in, in that... The blackout towards the end, we were like, right, all songs need to be three minutes, 30 or less. That's it. People don't have attention spans to last long enough anymore. But animals are fucking nearly five and a half minutes long. Mm. So um, I'm sorry for swearing. Uh, I just realized cool. I've, been, I've been swearing like a sailor. So, <laughs> um, but with Raiders, like, we don't, we don't care for radio play. I don't. Like, I'm not trying to get it on Radio 1. I'm not trying to get Dan Carter to play it, even though he probably won't because we're not cool. Um, I'm not trying to get on any radio shows. So if somebody picks it up and plays it on a radio show or plays it on a podcast, that's amazing. I just want people to add it to their playlist and show their friends. And um, if they listen to Animal and hate it or any of the other four songs we put out, um, send it to somebody that you hate to piss them off because um, it... In the words of um, giant supermarket Tesco, every little help. <laughs> it does. <laughs> oh, I love that. No, I, I, I think that's fair. Um, to say, like, obviously, you wanted to have a little bit of a departure, and like I say, you're not too fussed about radio airplay. I'm, um, you know, you know, as yourself, I've asked you, can I already have it? So I'm more than happy to play it because it's awesome, and I think everyone should hear it. Yes, um, thank you. Yes. I want, I want every, I want, yeah, I want everybody and their nan to have viewed it. I want people's nans. I want video of people's nans going, turn this shit off. That's what I want, really. Why not? Absolutely. I reckon it should be um, number one, Christopher Moore, beat Cliff Richard. Oh, I'd love, oh, I'd like to beat Cliff Richard anyway. Um, <laughs> in, a, in a violent way, not in a sexual way or um, in a musical way, just in a violent way, just because his face grates on my soul. <laughs> what a charity fight that would be Cliff Richard versus some unknown knobhead from South Wales that would be good oh, I'd be up for that that'd be funny that would be funny I've just got I've just got this image of all these angry grannies coming out of like the charity shops with Cliff Richard LPs from like 1950 yeah. just getting all the arsey um, how did you um, approach writing this batch of singles because uh, like I said everything's quite in it feels intense there's some great riffs the vocals are incredible um, and I love how I think the well seen another side to you, Sean, with this with this particular batch of tracks. Um, yeah, potentially. Well, yeah, people can see how fucking sad I am. Uh, <laughs> I think that's <laughs> where, that's the running theme. Whereas before, I was like, "What the fuck is the?" I remember arguing with the editor of Rock Sound years ago, right, about Kurt Cobain, right, and I was like, "Fuck him! He killed himself! Like what a wanker!" He killed himself. What did he have to be depressed about? He had all the money in the world. He was in the biggest band in the world. He had a daughter. He had a, 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 a wife he apparently loved, or missus, or like whatever she was to him. He apparently loved. Why would he kill himself? I remember arguing with the fellow from Oxford. He was like, I don't think you understand depression. And I was like, don't be so... You give me his money. You never see me sad. And then um, I found out what depression was in a big way. And then I was like, ah... Oh! 
I get it, Kurt. I get it, fella. Yeah. So I've even had a message. I've even messaged the editor of Rockstar because he left years ago. I'd be like, bro, you were so right. And I'm so sorry for being just a chopsy dickhead. Um, but yeah, all these songs kind of do have kind of a a sad tinge, I guess. Um, even the song titles, I guess. Uh, there's one called I Still Function which was taken from the 1986 um, Transformers, the cartoon film, um, because Megatron gets thrown out of a, um, a spaceship by Starscream because he thinks he's dead and worthless. And uh, Megatron goes, I still function. And um, I was like, oh, oh, I know that. What? Being thrown out? Ah, oh, I know this feeling. Yeah. So yeah, that um, yeah, that relates to uh, a lot of shit and past relationships. A lot of it's past relationships and me being angry and depressed. I guess um, I still function. There's a song called "Wasting Away," which I wrote a lot of the words to while going through kind of a breakup, and I didn't eat for a couple of weeks. Um, what else is it? We have a song called "Unnecessary V's," which nobody can find, right? Because what I did for a joke is um, I changed all the vowels in the uh, song title to a V because I hate it when bands use that fucking V instead of an A because it's wrong. It's wrong. Um, so, perverse, they are wrong to use it. I don't know if you remember the um, former Birmingham band Shvpez. Shvpez. I do. I think they were... Yeah, they used to call themselves shapes. I don't know how, because they spelt it wrong. Shvups. Um So, yeah, we call a song Unnecessary Vs, where I change all the vowels to Vs, and now nobody can find it. So that's difficult and stupid. Do you know, um, I'm gonna, I, can, I can actually um, win that argument, because I found it the other day. It's on Apple. Only because I, on the latest, I went through the Raiders back catalogue on Apple. I think there's like three, four tracks on there, and I found it. And I was yeah. like, "How the fuck do you pronounce this?" Yeah, so unnecessary I said, oh, V's. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. Unnecessary V's. Um, probably should change change the title of that, or write it properly next to it. I'd probably do that after this interview. Um, what else do we have? Unnecessary V's. Wasting away. I still function. Or Destructobot which was um, the one that, at the end. Um, cr- crazily, I wrote this song probably 2018, 2019, um, because to me, with, again, I'm going to have a go with the government, uh, with the Tories getting in, to me, everything had turned to shit. And the way I deal with misery now and things going wrong for me is I try my best to celebrate them in like a sarcastic way, because if I don't, I'm just going to go mad, right? So um, if something goes wrong, um, what's going to go wrong? What could go wrong, yeah? Say I tip my coffee everywhere now, my instant reaction would be like, yes! That's exactly what I wanted! Thank you, God! That's amazing! <laughs> because my sarcasm, like, I have to go for the sarcasm, otherwise I'm just going to blow my fucking brains out. So, um yeah, so we've got a song called Destructobot, and at the end, I'd come up with this bit where it goes, everything is turned to shit. Fuck yeah! Right? To celebrate the fact that everything was going wrong. We shot a lyric, uh, like we did like a lyric video in here where we had like Kanye West talking to Donald Trump, Boris Johnson just existing because he's a fucking failure and a mess. And um, 
And then, yeah, so we, we did that song. We played that song. We toured, We did three days of funeral for a friend in 2019, which were the best three days of um, 2019 for by far. And, um, yeah, so we were doing that song at the end of our set. And at the end of the song, it was everything is turned to shit. Fuck, yeah. And then um, everything did turn to shit. And um, a virus came from um, somewhere and uh, started killing everybody and... Uh, Keep everybody indoors, so I couldn't do the thing I love, which is play in life. Thank you, God, if you believe in God. Um, yeah, so that's basically the background to all the songs, I guess. Cool. So technically, have I got? I think I've got Raiders to blame for everything turned to shit. With you may as well. You may. I do. <laughs> Just blame me because I do. I do. If you believe in God, right? The thing is, right? If you believe in God, right? Check this out. So. In November 2019, the blackout, there was rumblings, right? We started talking to each other about it being five years since we split up. So maybe in March 2020, we could potentially do a couple of shows or something like that. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yes, we all said. Ooh, this looks interesting. We might be able to do something for March 2020. Now, if you believe in God, which I don't, but if I did, this is how I'd feel, God went, you are. Sean's going to be happy again in March 2020. <laughs> I've got an idea. Everybody's going to stay inside forever. Oh, that'll stop Sean from being happy again. Class. <laughs> so I think this whole virus is just because I nearly smiled again in March 2020. So, you know, oh. I'm not saying I am the cause, you know, I am the centre of the earth, but I am probably the cause of this virus. So... Yay! Sorry, that's, Bob. That's all right, man. Oh, do you know what? You had me happy because I thought the blackout was coming back. Now, I heard rumblings, well, there's always been rumblings, that Kai were coming back for a couple of slam dunks, which never materialised, obviously. But should... That's one slam, day... that's, yeah, that's because slam dunk don't send the fucking offer that I've been waiting for. Um, <laughs> or, or, or an offer. I, we haven't heard of slam dunk. That's the thing. Like, if we heard of slam dunk, maybe we do it. But we haven't heard of them, so... The fact they're not bothered means the price has just gone up. So, Ooh. honestly, though, if if yourselves or Kai ever did like a guest appearance, like that's the price, like the slam dunk, I think people would lose their shit properly. Yeah, I'm surprised Kids in Glass Houses haven't done one. To be honest, like I thought they would, but I guess they're all busy, really. They're all. Shay's had a little child, hasn't he? I, I nicknamed him Wan Matter because um, he looked like Wan Matter at one stage, and I like that. <laughs> so, yes. he he took it well. Yeah, he yeah well. he's um. Yeah, he's yeah, he's got two kids now. Only um, I think he does like TV production and TV producing and stuff. Yeah, he does, I believe so. And I think Ali's down in London um, doing his thing. Whatever he, he works for Kerrang magazine. I'll have you know. Does he? I That's... believe he's. I believe he's the art editor of Kerrang magazine. That, is, that that must be a weird one, like fuck, because you've like been so long in Kerrang, and now you're working for Kerrang. That's that's yeah. crazy. Fair play to him. Enough about all the wonderful people that were in great bands. What have you guys been up to? And obviously, we've just touched on something that didn't happen. What has happened? Um, well, with Raiders, in regards to Raiders? Yeah, Raiders and yourself. Obviously, I know, for those that don't know, you've been in a great podcast and one that I kind of look oh, up to you with you and Shu. Um, oh, as the, the best band, I want to put in this home. Nice. Um, yeah, so yeah, I started a podcast basically um, 
uh, I think it was November 2018, um, just before, that, a couple of months before that, I tweeted, should I do a YouTube channel or podcast because I've got some stories and I'd like my friends to come on and tell their stories. And have you ever heard of the Rubber Bandits? I have, yes. Yeah, so they were a two-piece um, rap group from Ireland. Of course, of course they are. Because that, that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, so the rubber vanished. And yeah, to add to add to that, they wear plastic bags on their heads as well. Um, so nobody knows who they are. Well, one of them, um, Blind Boy. That's not his real name, obviously, because nobody would name a kid Blind Boy. And he can see. Um, he messaged me saying, do a podcast, because he's got a very successful podcast now called the Blind Boy Boat Club Podcast. Or is it just the Blind Boy? Anyway, um, so he told me to do a podcast. He was like, you can chat, you've got some stories, that would be great for you, because there's no money in YouTube. So I got in touch with my friend Morgan, who was currently working at Radio Cardiff at the time, because I thought, ah, he works at Radio Cardiff, he'll have all of the gear and all of the idea. So I asked him if he wanted to start a podcast. He said yes, but what I didn't do first was, I didn't check if he did have any of the gear <laughs> or the idea. And it turns out he had neither. <laughs> so me and him had to start fresh, just fucking winging it. And so, yeah, we put our first episode out in November. It's nearly three years now. November um, 2018. That was episode one, which was talking about the end of the blackout. So if anybody's interested in the blackout or remembers the blackout and wonders why, <coughs> what happened. Because, um, we, yeah, in that episode, we also mentioned getting tarnished with the same brush as uh, Ian Watkins of Lost Profits because we were, cause we were friends with him. People thought that we knew the mad shit he was up to. And um, if you listen to that episode, you'll find out that um, we, we don't have a fucking clue, but people still thought, because we knew him, we might be doing the same crazy shit as him. Like. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, we talked about that, all, all about that in the first episode. The second one is Good Times in the Blackout. And then, yeah, we're on episode 155 now, I believe. We've done it every week. Since November 2018, fucking, it's too much. Like, it's stupid. We should have done two, should have done two a month, but no, we're doing four a month, and we've had some unbelievable guests on. People we never thought we'd ever talk to, really. Um, uh, and yeah, like there's some episodes I'm so so proud of. Episode 54, we had Stuart Richardson from Lost Profits on. And that was the first time any of Lost Profits have talked about what happened to them um, before, during, and after the Ian scandal. Um, so th- that made me really proud because if it wasn't for them, I, me and you wouldn't be talking right now. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have had anything I had um, if it wasn't for Lost Profits. So it was nice that I could kind of give back in a way um, by trying to help untarnish, like, obviously I can't untarnish their name, but for people who have listened to that, they have now got a better understanding of the rest of the boys in Lost Profits and what the fuck they went through, because they suffered, like, they don't see themselves as victims because they weren't victims of the crimes, but you've got to realise the five other members of that band lost everything they'd ever worked yeah. for. They'd been working for 20 years for that, and they had them fucking swiped out of their feet and from under their feet by this absolute knobhead. Um, so that that was one I'm very, very proud of. Um, we've had Dave Lombard from Slayer on, which was a big deal for me. 
Um, I, I've gone blank. Um, loads of people, loads of wrestlers, uh, comedians. Jim Brewer has been on. He's one of my favorite comedians. He did our download episode. Um, we've done people from all walks of life. Dave Hill from Slade. We had him on on Christmas Day, which was genius move by us. Um, we've had Take It Back Sunday on. We've had uh, Max Cavalera from Soul. Like literally any genre we've kind of tapped into. Yeah. Um, and I had somebody on, apart from Scar, because. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I hope that comes across an audio podcast. <laughs> I love that. No, definitely. Um, awesome. So, like, what's what's next for Raiders? Obviously, like you said, you just want to keep playing, getting the music out there, seeing who takes you on tour. Is that just literally, or is it a planned EP, baby? Or um, well, at the moment, we're unsure. I'm currently in the middle of making a music documentary as well, um, uh, which is looking at what music costs to make, what it costs to put out, how you make, how you could potentially make money back. And it's basically me and the director going around the country talking to people in bands and venues and stuff and labels to see how we can all make it work again. And especially after COVID and the lack of government response for venues and stuff as well. So um, I'm enjoying going around and speaking to these other people who are involved in putting... Because the thing is, when we had... <coughs> when the blackout took the time out or, or give up huh, in 2015, me and Bob were then out of the music loop. Right, so we didn't know anything really about putting music out. Like it's changed so much since 2015 to now mm. that it's blown my brain. So like for the last four, for the four Raider songs or five Raider songs we've put out, four I think it was, we used Bandcamp Friday, where Bandcamp were waving their right, were waving their share of the revenue on the first Friday of every month during the pandemic. So what we found is we could put the song out on the Friday and then put the song up everywhere else on the streaming on the Saturday or the Sunday. We could make all our money back that it cost us to make that song on that Friday, on Bandcamp Friday, via people who like Raiders buying the song off Bandcamp early. So we've made all the money back that we, it cost us to make those four songs. So now we've got that money to potentially record maybe an EP, but I don't really... This is what I'm learning with the documentary now. Like, I don't know if albums... If there's a need for albums anymore. Because everybody at the moment is trying their best just to get a Spotify playlist, right? So, if you put a 12-song album out and you've got three singles, you're only trying three songs for a playlist. Mm-hmm. Whereas, if you... What we did was we did them all individually... And, like, some of them got playlisted. Um, but I think because um, people are more likely to find your stuff on playlists and stuff, Spotify playlists and stuff as well. So bands now are literally just writing and recording songs to put on, to send the Spotify playlist editors, praying that they choose them. Um, because it gets you in front of more people. So, yeah, I don't really know whether the score is at the moment with more new music. Like, we've got, we've probably got eight songs, eight, nine songs, and I'm rehearsing tonight as well, so we'll be working on a new song tonight as well. 
Um, but yeah, what we what we do next is up in the air at the moment, I guess, because we're not in a rush. Again, we're not in a rush. Um, we're meant to be doing 2000 trees this year. We were told last year we were. I haven't seen us on any of the posters yet, though. So, um, so yeah, we just open. Animal gets shared about. People like it. And then some bands go, oh, do you want to come on tour? And I go, yes, please. Very much so. Um, and that doesn't, like, I'll fucking open for anyone. Like, there's no ego. There's no, like... Do you know who I used to think I was? Which is going to be a song title. I read a song title because it's very funny. Do you know who I used to think I was? Because <laughs> there was never any of that. It's like, I like to think even when I was in the blackout, when the blackout was at its peak, I'm still a twat. For, I'm still a twat from Mythogenville. So, um, yeah, I will open for anybody. So anybody listening to this who might be in a band, shoot your fucking shot. Send RaidersBandUK at gmail.com and email. And so, do you want to support us? And as long as we can get there, and it doesn't cost us um, to do the gig, we are there. So, um, yeah, I just want to fucking play. The answer is playing lots. Sorry, Rob. Short answer: playing lots. <laughs> playing lots. <laughs> I like I like the fact that what's intriguing me is you mentioned about a documentary, and it's something that I've been kind of pulling around in my head is the idea of maybe renting music, kind of like renting like half an album, kind of like a trial before you actually yeah. commit to buying it all. And I think you're right, that the, the idea of people now listening to an album is, those days are gone, unfortunately. And it's really shocking. It, it does. And I was speaking to some friends today, and I was like, oh, so what are you listening to this year? Have you heard, like, the new Trivium album? Have you heard this album? Have you heard that album? No. And I'm like, because I'm so involved with my music, I love it. Like, if I haven't got music in my ears, whether I'm doing the housework or exercising or whatever, I'm kind of lost. And it really shocked yeah. me that my friends that are in music music and not listen to music because like why yeah and it well, really also, my mind. yeah but also i can kind of if you're in music i can get i can get like when i was in the blackout when the blackout was coming up or whatever like in the last couple of years um i didn't tend to listen to much other music mm-hmm. and then like I've got my staple of bands where I just, I just blindly love. And I, I can listen to those old albums over and over and over. But I tend to not try and listen to new music because I didn't want to be influenced by it or take, like, accidentally take anything from it. Yeah. <coughs> so I, I can kind of get... And you get kind of blasé to it, I guess, as well. Um, because you see in, and you're in new bands all the time, you're constantly on tour, you're doing festivals, and there's, you know, oh, check out this band or whatever, and then you go to them and you're like, oh, yeah, I get it, it's the same as whatever. And, but, so yeah, I can kind of get people kind of not listening to new stuff, if they're in a band or whatever, but yeah, it's just, like you said, I think the day of the album is coming to an end, because why would you want to spend 20 grand on an album to put out and three of the three or four songs are the singles and then people don't care about the other 16 songs because they they probably wouldn't listen to them because they're on the playlist like of cool other bands so mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i don't know and yeah the more i do this documentary the more i'm hearing different ways to release music and i don't think not that i think Bandcamp. Friday is going to last much longer, really, because the virus is, as much as it's still here and as rife as ever, people just don't give a fuck anymore, do they? So I don't think there'll be many more Bandcamp Fridays. 
Um, so I think, yeah, we're going to go straight to trying to get our songs playlisted and do it that way, I guess, to try that next. Hmm. And then if that doesn't work, um, I don't know, selling ourselves some money. I'm up for that. <laughs> so if you listen to this, who's um, always thought, oh, number one, more Sean up to. I'm still alive, sadly for you. Uh, but if you ever thought, hey, I'd like to have sex with Sean, get in touch with me and uh, we can sort something out for money. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. No, this is the first podcast I've uh, offered to prostitute myself on. So, um, oh, I love it. You, that's an exclusive for you. I, I like that. I, you know, I wasn't looking for one, but I've got one. Um, there you go. Here's a way that people could uh, fix the music scene. Let's go back to hanging out or going around to friends' houses and hearing that music for the first time and then vibing and freaking out because you've heard something for the first time and then you go out yeah. and buy the album. Let's go back to basics. Let's get, um, let's get rid of Spotify and Apple. I remember being in Ryan Richards, who plays drums for Funeral for a Friend. Mm-hmm. I remember being in his car somewhere and he was like, check out this metal band now. They're unbelievable. We do hear the singer come in now. And uh, it was Avenged Sevenfold. I remember you in Avenged Sevenfold for the first time with Ryan. I was like, this is great. Um, I'm trying to think of other things. Well, the first time I ever heard Fred Durst swearing lots, I was like, oh my God, he's shouting and swearing. That's two things I'm really good at. Um, I should start a band and then I did start a band and then we ended up touring with Limp Bizkit and I ended up doing an impression of Fred Durst to Fred Durst so that was interesting that's on YouTube if you search Limp Bizkit the blackout Um, Fred Durst has my name which is a fucking dream come true because that day I was literally the ultimate fanboy the ultimate fanboy there's nobody I told Fred Durst I was born to sing this Limp Bizkit song um, to his face, like, and, uh, so that was that was a fantastic moment. Um, but yeah, you and Limp Bizkit for the first time was. I remember you in Lost Profits. My friend Scott put me on to Lost Profits, and I was like, "This is nuts! What's going on here? These American lads are bonkers, aren't they?" And he was like, ah, "They're not. They're not American, mate." I was like, "You are." He's like, "Yeah, they live in Ponder. Please, let's go and have a look at the wall they stood next to." That's all me and my friends would do. Lost Prophets had a photo by this wall. Let's go have a photo by it. Like some of the magic would rub off. And um, I guess it ultimately did. So, moral of the story is, if you stalk a band enough, they have to take you on tour. Um, I don't know if you know this, lad, but I've got a couple of friends in Wales. Um, James Oakley and Gavin um, Griffiths. And, um, yeah. James, is, James is very much like, he's, he's, I love him to pieces, he's very committed to bands. And I, I just think they're going to stalk because that's what he does and he knows it. He's a little band stalker. Oh, he's mad for um, Lonely the Brave, isn't he, James? Yes, he, yeah, literally. I don't blame him. Like, they're a good band. They're a good band. Um, lovely, lovely people as well. Um, but yeah, I'm a big fan of James. I like James. Um, but yeah, that's that's how it all started. It's literally fandom. Like the first album I ever remember buying was User Illusion Two by Guns N' Roses because it had a parental advisory sticker. And you won't remember this, but like this was back before the internet, right? So you couldn't read a swear word anywhere unless you had an eighteen plus book or this parental. Advi- I was like, I'm going to read the word fuck for the first time, written down by somebody that wasn't me. This is mental. And then years later, I ended up 
it's a mad sentence, boys from Merthyr Tidville, ended up befriending Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses, and I explained the story to him, and he was like, that's the reason I bought my first album was a parental advisory sticker. I was like, yeah, but I bought you a fucking album. And then he was like, I remember him going, what songs are on that? And I was like, that's fucking mental. I don't know. That's nuts. That's one of my favorite albums, Younger yeah. McClue. Um, but yeah. And then now my brother, my brother's name is in his autobiography because my brother's ended up a friend in Duff. So it's just, what a mad, what a mad, crazy loop. Like I went to, I went to Woolworths and Merthyr. I bought Use Illusion 2 on tape so I could read the swear words. And then 10, 15 years later, I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a van with Duff McKagan talking, and Duff Mc, we're in Australia, I'm talking to Duff McKagan, and he says to me, where are you from? And I'm like, 30 miles north of Cardiff, uh, Wales, I said Wales first, all he was like, all right, whereabouts? And I was like, oh, 30 miles north of Cardiff. And he said, oh yeah, where? And I said, you're not going to know, so it's pointless me telling you. He said, where? So I said, north of Tidville. And he said, I know Merthyr Tidville. <laughs> and he's like, fuck off. You're from Seattle, you prick. Yeah. <laughs> and he, went, um, he went, yeah, it's a book called Dilemma for Merthyr. And instantly I was like, oh, he does know about Merthyr. This is shit. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ, he's done his research. He must have known he was coming in this van with me. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's bonkers. Like, it's absolutely bonkers. So I am proof that if you work hard enough, despite having no talent, and um, befriend people, and um, are seen as, I hope, a nice soul, um, you can live your dream. You can live your dream. Just don't give up. Just yell. Yell. Yelling's the way forward. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, right, put my turn from back. So I think you're a nice person. I bet you briefly once at Slam Dunk, and that was a pleasant experience. So, um, oh, yeah, well, think... thank God for that. Yeah, thank God for that. Yeah, it's open. You're going to, yeah. I was glad because yeah, it was going to be. Oh, I met you at Slam Dunk, and you were a massive knob. No, you were wearing your Limp Biscuit t-shirt. I don't think you'd left it. I don't think you'd got out of it. So yeah, it was a good experience. Yeah, I, oh, well, I wore Limp. Yeah, I'm. I was on. I was in Roxanne the other day wearing a Limp Biscuit t-shirt. My, my love for Limp Biscuit will never die. Um, it never has. Whereas some people, it's waned, and now they're like, oh, this is cool. They're back now. And they're <laughs> oh. Fucking, oh, yeah, dad vibes. Yeah, man. I'm like. Never left me, bro. Never left. I've number one Limp Bizkit support. I don't think there's many people, especially in bands, who are as open about their love for Limp Bizkit as I am and the Blackout were as well. Because in 2009, we did um, Download Festival and it was one of Limp Bizkit's first gigs back. It was Limp Bizkit, Corn and Faith No More, right? When the Blackers started, we covered a Faith No More song and Counterfeit by Limp Bizkit, right? So we were just like, oh my God, we're on the main stage of Download. We're like second on, and then above us is like Corn, Limp Bizkit. This is mental. And Limp Bizkit's press agent came to our dressing room, knocked on the door and came in. I was like, oh, I just want to let you know that Limp Bizkit know and want to thank you for being nice about him in the press all the time. And I was like, I, fu I fucking love him. What do you mean? <laughs> like, I, I actually stopped Fred Durst and his wife walking. They were with their kids, I think. And I was like, oh, I'm super sorry to stop you from walking. But I just want to say, I'm on, I'm on the main stage today. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be doing that. So thank you very much. And then, yeah, a couple of, three years later, we ended up touring with him. And it was fucking delightful. 
crazy, absolutely crazy. Great band. I just love how everyone's sort of freaking out about the biscuit again. It's kind of like, oh, shut up. We're, like, we're freaking out to the biscuit like when Chocolate Starfish. And God, I admit, I wasn't quite old enough when the first album came out. What yeah. was it, 96, $3 bill? Oh, no, no, yeah. Yeah, I didn't get into... I went back. So, like, I got into Chocolate Starfish and you know, Dog Flavor Water, which is one of the best records of all time. And so after that, I went backwards and I was like, right, I'll check out the first album. I, I, I prefer the first album. No, do I? Am I lying to myself? I don't know. I'm not mad on... Uh, what's the second album called? Uh, Significant album. That's it. Jesus Christ. He's a Limbiscuit fan. Um, yeah, significant. I know. I'm not mad on significant. It's a bit too hip hop for my liking. They went a bit too hip hop for my liking. But the first album, fantastic. Loads of songs on that significant. They're amazing. It just was a bit too hip hop for me. And then Chocolate Starfish is fucking incroyable, which is French for very good. Again, I bought that album because it had a parental sticker. Because it, it's like it's like a. What is this? It's telling me I shouldn't Ooh. listen. But what is yeah. it? It's it's like that yeah. devil saying go do it. Yeah. Anyway, Ooh, yeah. um, what, what's in this booklet? What is this? <laughs> there might be booze. Never know. So to close out the interview, Sean, um, I've got some fun questions, and um, I think I know one of the answers for this. So, um, who would you like to make a record with, and why? Um, I would. I was thinking about this the other day. How good would it be, right, to have Wes Boland from Limp Bizkit, right, and Daryl Palumbo from Glassjaw on the same record? That would be fantastic. Um, I'd love Fred Durst. I, I'd love Fred Durst to even just say... Because, I, I, like, I'll tag him and stuff on Instagram all the time. I fucking like it. He likes the pictures, right? And I've even met... I sent him a message the other day saying, come and do my podcast... It would literally be 45 minutes to an hour of me rimming you. Like, it's going to be me telling you how much I love you for an hour. Like, just come on. I liked it. And um, so, yeah, even if Fred just agreed, even if he sent me a voice note going, Sean, leave me the fuck alone, right? <laughs> I would love that and use that in a radio song. So, um, Fred Durst would be cool. Dal Plumbo would be cool. Mike Patton would be cool. Where's Boland? He was nearly on. Uh, he was nearly on one of the Blackout songs, actually. Um, but we ended up not going for the solo for, for the vocal instead, which made sense at the time. And now I'm now I regret. Um, who else? Do you know what? I really want to do some sort of song with an actual scratch DJ on it as well, because that's gone, and I don't think it should have gone. Um, there's not enough scratch DJs in music anymore. I don't think. Of course, there's lethal. DJ Lethal, bring it on. Um, but would I like to make songs? Loads of people. Prodigy, I'd love the front uh, heavy dance band. That'd be a laugh. Because I think putting me in front of a dance crowd with a microphone is um, as fun as it is dangerous. Um, <laughs> I think that I, I would literally bring something to a dance crowd that they've never seen before. Um I'm not a person, there's loads of people I'm currently working with, um, and yeah, would love to work with in the future as well, so yeah, I don't know, anyone but a Scar band, so take that, Scar, real big fish, leave me alone, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> awesome, um, I'm not sure if you're into your comic books, um, Marvel or DC? 
Marvel, uh, Deadpool. Have I got a new? Um, I got a Deadpool collection. Where the fuck is it? I must be downstairs in a box. Um, yeah, I've got a big Deadpool collection. I was big into Deadpool before um, before the films came out. Because, yeah, I literally said prior to the films coming out, I was like, right, if there needs to be a Deadpool film, and it does, it needs to be played by either me <laughs> or Ryan Reynolds. So what they did was they went for the actual actor and they've absolutely nailed it, haven't they? Because he is, he is the absolute essence of Deadpool and he's perfect for it. Um, so, yeah, Marvel. Cool. So I I will just fucking go off on a tangent. So, what about you, Marvel or DC? Oh, I'm Marvel. I'm Marvel all the way. Um, did you see Eternals? Have you seen Eternals yet? Uh, that's Eternal. In, that was a girl group, wasn't it? There was. Um... It was a girl. It was a girl group. <laughs> it was. I no, I haven't seen <laughs> no. uh, anything new starring Eternal, the three-piece girl group. <laughs> um, yeah, like who did DC? DC, right? I've got Superman who might be the greatest superhero. When you break them all down, when you break them all down, Superman kind of got everything you need in me. He can exactly. fly, he can go fast, he can turn the world backwards and change time. Yeah. <laughs> That's mad. He can make things cold, he can make things hot with his eyes, he can't be killed by conventional weapons. <laughs> um, you know, he's got all the ability, but... Benaf only, just a Benaf, like just ah, oh, no. journalist by day. Like what? You wouldn't be a journalist by day, would you? You'd be a stripper. I don't know. I don't know. You'd be something that wasn't like oh, I know one curl and glasses, and I'm disappearing. It's like <laughs> Batman, just a just a rich, rich, just a billionaire with technology. Um, oh, I wonder if I'm gonna get some shit off DC fans now. But who have they got? Who have they got? They haven't got, like, whatever. Like, Marvel is a bit more cool, I think. What did you say? Me and you could have a, a good old chat over a pint over this. I'm going to throw out DC fans, if you want to come at me and Sean, come at us and we'll Ooh. fight you over Marvel DC. <laughs> He'll fight you. I'm not fucking fight. Um, but come to my come to my gigs to let me know how upset you are um, that I chose Marvel over DC. And then on your way out, buy a t-shirt, a Raiders t-shirt. Please do. Please do, for the love of God. Oh, awesome. Um, what's the last album you listened to? Ooh, um, Inside by Bo Burnham. Um, have you seen Inside Bo, by Bo Burnham on Netflix? I haven't, not yet. No, I have got a ton of TV to catch up on at the moment. Right. Well, next time you've got an hour and a half, I want you to go on Netflix and watch Bo Burnham Inside. And I'd like a full review. Um I think it's the it's amazing. It's one of the best things that's come out for ten years. Um, he does a stand up. Well, he's meant to do a comedy special, and he does it in his house. Um, and he thinks it's going to take him three months, and the virus will be gone, and it ends up taking him a year. And he thinks about killing himself doing it. So it's definitely worth a watch. It's a bit more fun than I made it out to be. Um, but yeah, and the album's amazing. The album's amazing. So it's just a collection of songs and stuff from that. Um, so Inside by Bo Burnham. And the other thing I've been listening to a lot lately is Radical by Every Time I Die. I've heard good things about this album. It's a good album from what I hear him. Um, well, they named it perfectly. It's um, Radical. 
It's radical. It's a very, very good album. Um, I just wish that fucking every time I die would knock it on the head so other bands can have a chance. Because they, <laughs> they are fucking super in every single way. And one of them is a professional wrestler, so you can't even say bad things about them because you might get suplexed. And no one wants to be suplexed. Nobody wants to be super. No, I got power bombed through. I got power bombed through a table once, and um, I'm still in pain to this day. So, not good, not good. Um, My last question for you, Sean: What has been your album of the year, and why? For this year, shit, it's the same one as um, it's the same as the one I've been listening to. I guess Inside by Bo Burnham. Yeah, he literally dissects the world via comedy, and. It's it's a it's an amazing watch. It's a it's a fantastic listen, but it's an amazing it's an even better watch, and it'll make you want to go back and watch it again straight after because there's bits in there that you might have missed. Inside by Bo Burnham is probably been my release of the year. Radicals good. I didn't mind some of that new Limp Bizkit that came out. Um, apart from the bits where he's just yelling "bitch" all the time, like it may, it aged. To be honest, it aged it. To, like he's got, a, they've got a song called "Turn It Up, Bitch," right? And yeah. Like, just call it "Turn It Up." Just call it "Turn It Up," um, because "Bitch," like it's just dated. It just feels like, bro, come on, come on. We don't, we don't do it anymore. Come on. I know you're a dad, and I, but, um, so yeah, radical, inside by Bo Burnham. Oh, uh, the Old Absence album, the greatest mistake of my it's life. A great album. Great album. Fantastic, fantastic record. Uh, what else have I enjoyed by people? Um, can't say that. Um, I got sent an album the other day by somebody that comes out in January, which is really, really good. Uh, <laughs> shouldn't have said that. What, what a fucking knobhead. Like, well, it wasn't a brag. I was just going to mention it, but then I, I realised I can't because I'll probably get sued. Um other album, I don't know. You tell me, Rob. What's your album of the year? So uh, my album of the year has been Trivium uh, in the Court of Dragon. Nice. Um, I really enjoy. My my problem is with stuff like that is I'm so shallow, right? You call you go dragons involved with anything, and I'm out. Like nah, man, this isn't. Well, the fact that dragons didn't exist. Um, yeah, but it. Oh, it almost makes me feel like you're doing a medieval album, and I cannot get on board with anything like that. Dragon Force, I just cannot get on with them because they got Dragon in the title, and then when you listen to their music, it's just happy hardcore for people who like guitars. That's um, a good one. I like that. But it is, isn't it? It's, it is. It's, it's, it's like 10 minutes of electronic. Too fast. Too fast. Yeah, too fast. Of a of just a guitarist and just like oh my sex or my job is sex rather than just staying in your bedroom all the time permanently. That would be I don't know. <laughs> um so yeah, drag yeah, so we were, I'm meant to be having um Matt Matt Heafy on um Sapnin very soon. We were meant to do him last week, but um with the hour going back, with the clocks changing, um his end his team got the wrong time. So he came on an hour early for his interview and uh, oh. we missed him. And then he had to go and do his Twitch, like obviously. So, um, but I'll send him your love. 
Um, is Thank it you. a good album? Is it? Is it a good album? I'll, I, I'm, I'm going to have to check it out. But I love it. Um, I first went to Trivium, and I've told the boys this over Twitter because fanboy moments that I saw them download their first download in 2005, and it was my first download, and they were on the Saturday morning. And they had half an hour, and I walked away from that download, and I bought their second album that I think had just been out for you, Mr. Ascendancy. And from that moment, I've been the Trivium fan, and I love them. Um, yeah. that, that album, Mastodon put out a good album. If you like Prog, I think it's a very good album. Um, Holding cool. Elephants, because I think yeah. they've got the perfect okay. opening track when he when Lucas Burke's out, I'm Alive. I think that's perfect for festivals. There's just so many. I think we've been blessed, for me personally, I think I've been blessed by another good year of music, like it was in 2020 for music releases. I've just realised that the new read of the song, I'm going to shout at the beginning, I wish I was dead. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to write it down. I wish I was dead. Um, song opener, I wish I was dead. Song. <laughs> what? Just, just, just to give everyone a kind of insight what Sean's doing here, Sean is taking every kind of positive that's come out and just putting his own spin. Yeah. Um... Yeah, well, the thing is, um, yeah, yeah, well, the blackout did it because back to Kurt Cobain, the blackout had a song called I Love Myself and I Want to Live because Nirvana had a song called I Hate Myself and I Want to Die. Um, so, yeah, I I will take things and parody them. So, uh, yeah, I wish I was dead. Keeping a year out for that. Be loads of miserable goths screaming out at the beginning of our set. I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh, um, okay. What else? What other good albums? Is other good? Oh. Sleep Token. Sleep Token was a good album. Um, there's been so many that I've I literally was building a list. I was writing a list of this year yeah. of albums. I need to. Of... Yeah. Thing is, I've definitely interviewed people about how good their new albums are for the podcast so I'm just going blank um, I'm going I'm to put a spin on this I'm going to tell you albums that I've been kind of disappointed by this year so Ooh, this is a little Foo uh, Fighters Medicine After Midnight I was quite disappointed because um, it, I think what I think what they've done is I think they've taken like this whole classic rock show with a keyboard player and everything like a 70s rock show and put it in today and it doesn't work I think they should just go back to being Foo Fighters from like um, the 90s yeah I've never liked Foo Fighters um uh, yeah, uh, I couldn't say I don't get it. I do get it. A lot of them are brilliant. They like they write brilliant songs, R- brilliant fucking awesome songs. But it's a bit too dad rock for me. Like he's always going to be a dad up here front in a band and just like, hey, I'm Dave Grohl, the nicest man. Yeah, we know, we fucking know you're the nicest man in rock. Stop being so nice for a start. You make the rest of us look bad, you prick. But, yeah, I've never been mad on Foo Fighters. Um, so uh, it's nice for, for somebody to agree with me for once they've done something wrong. Um, so, yeah, what else? Who else? Um, I think A Day to Remember put out, kind of, I like, I love A Day to Remember, like, I've seen him live in Florida in 2019 before the world went to shit. Um, Sorry. I'll tell you a cool story about that later on. Um, It's a good album, but it's just not very memorable. You kind of walk away going, "Uh," but um, I just wanted more. I just wanted a bit more. Um, Who else? I don't think I've heard it. I don't think I've heard it. Um, How do you feel about um, Machine Gun Kelly? Do you know, I liked his pop punk album, but when he come out and throw shit at the boys that I love, nine, nine, (laughs) nine fuck off guys, I haven't got time time for him. And I just kind of think, look, you've got everything in front of you, mate. You're you're tapping tapping Megan. Now you're getting a bit big for your boots. Just get back in your box. Yeah. 
Has he not learned? Like literally, he had to leave a genre because he took on he took on the master <laughs> of that genre exactly. and lost. Right, exactly. so now he's like, "Oh, you are the alternative scene." Uh, so Travis has come along and gone with, "Oh, bro, do you do you fancy having another career? I know I could be helping a younger artist out now, but I'm not. I'm helping you out. Do you fancy a career in pop punk? I tell you what, I'll write these fucking knockoff link songs." We get him to you. You can do him. You can have another career. And he's like, oh, yeah, yes, please. I'll do that. Oh, I'm in this genre now, am I? Fuck the best in this genre. Oh. Grow up. Grow up. Gun. Gun Kelly, if that is your real name. And I think it is. I know it's not. It's probably got something um, stupid like Wade or something like Wade. Oh, <laughs> I can't believe you said Wade. I was just about to talk about Wade. Um, no, it's Colton. Colton. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> You fucking nerd. But yeah, so he, he got stuck by Yeah, I um yeah, so I'm a bit mad at him. Um, I'm also, as you can tell, mad at Travis Barker, um, because he's on everybody's songs at the moment. Um, except his own. Yeah, except fucking Blink songs. Um, and yeah, uh, I also find him mad that he was um scared of going on planes. Until a giant ass with loads of money went up a private jet in front of him, and he went, oh, "I better follow that." <laughs> yeah, it's oh, just... you couldn't. Uh, you couldn't go on jets. Your family had to travel via ferry to get to the UK when you were on tour because you couldn't go on planes. But a big ass with loads of money comes along, and you're like, "Get me on that plane, boy!" <laughs> not having it's it. True. Not having it. It's not true. Having it. It's very yeah. true. Um. Yeah, I I think so. I'd agree with you on the machine gun color thing. I think he's an absolute prick and I love Seems a bit of a balance. Um Oh, tell you other songs I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed the work of Willow Smith, daughter of Jada Pinkett and Will. Um I enjoyed that transparent soul song. I enjoyed that other one now. However it goes, I don't know how it goes, but it sounds like that. Um that's a good one. Catch a vibe, is that what it's called? Something like that. Um she does that weird Morrissey impression. <laughs> I've enjoyed her work with that. Um, I quite like, speaking of Wade's, Wade McNeil from Alexis on Fire has brought out his own album called Doom's Children. Ooh, um, I have to have listened to that. Which is like psychedelic folk. He's obviously done a lot of acid and picked up a guitar. I enjoyed that. Um, what else? Let's have a look. What else? Well, so I spoke if, you like, if, you, if you like your pop punk, Simple Plan for me to put out a track called Antidote that sounds, it's kind of got the sound of their earlier albums. It kind of feels like that sound is back. So if you nice. like Simple Plan, go and check that out. Cool. Um, what else have we had? Um, I like Static Dress. I like um, loads of people. Blood Youth, Hot Milk. Um... I like a, a lot of the new Angels and A-Wave stuff. Yeah. Um, what about Papa Roach's Kill? I'm just looking through my playlist now. Papa Roach's Kill the Noise? Which one is that? It's, oh, is that it, an album? It's a single, so it came out uh, September. I heard one the other day with Jason from Let Live and some other fella with a deep voice. Do you know that song? It's not no, that it's, song, is it? Uh, I don't think so. It could be. It could work. Um, Let me have a look. I'll have a look. I tell you what, I'll have a look online. Let's have a game of this. Let's check things online. <laughs> um, yeah, you heard it the other day, and it doesn't sound like Papa Roach to me. And I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this now. Papa Roach. I'll type in Jason. Sweco Swerve is the. 
yeah, Suko is spelled, but I bet it's not pronounced that way. Um, Papa wrote Swerve, the song is called. Um, featuring 333, it's not featuring 333, it's Jason rapping. Um, yeah, I don't know, I feel, like, I feel like Papa Roach are, are the dads trying to be cool down with the cool kids. <laughs> yeah, that's and that's fine. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about the recent Guns N' Roses tracks, Absurd and um, is it School? I think I have no idea. I have not listened to anything. I, d- I didn't even listen to Chinese Democracy when it came out, just just to be safe, just to be not to with myself. Same here. Um, so I haven't. I leave my Guns N' Roses. I like my Guns N' Roses um, in the past because my problem is see. A band like that isn't gonna make an album that I that I like that I'm going to be like, oh, I have to go see because I don't want to go see them because they're just playing massive shows where they they're not gonna play any of the new songs anyway. They're just gonna go and play the Guns N' Roses hits, which were great twenty years ago, but now to see, you know, a Keith Lemon, Keith Lemon in fucking um, cycle <laughs> shorts, I don't want it. I don't like. I'd rather go watch Keith Lemon. Um, so, yeah, I haven't really checked anything out new by them. Um, I like Fever 333. I've got a lot of time yeah. for Jason. He's, um, right, he's right an absolute, absolutely beautiful person as well. <coughs> um, uh, Justin from Motion City Soundtrack. He's got stuff out. He's really cool. His new stuff is cool. Um, who else do I like? Do you know what? I'm really digging the new Bullet for Valentine stuff. I haven't got around to it, shamefully. Um, and if I'm honest, like... it's going to be, this is probably sacrilegious to admit to you, because obviously being a whale, you know, Welsh, and I kind of lost my way with them. And no, no, yeah, I get it. No, I had, to be honest, I had, even though, <laughs> yeah, we had we had the bassist on not long ago. The bassist met Bullet for Valentine, right, when he was guitar teching for the Blackout. Wow. So he owes me everything he's doing. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, yeah, but the new Bullet stuff, that song Knives, I'm really big into that. They work with the guy who produced the While She Sleeps stuff. Uh, While She Sleeps, another fucking band I've been loving. Um, it's just so many. It's just so many. Um, I love the new Architect stuff. Uh, I say new. It came out a while ago. Um, I enjoyed the Electric Century stuff, which was Mikey Way. And yeah. um, Dave Derbyak, that was cool. Um, I know Liam Crombie from We Are The Ocean, formerly of We Are The Ocean. He has new stuff coming out, which is cool. Tom Jenkins from Straight Lines has new stuff out, which is amazing. You've got such a beautiful voice. There's loads of stuff. Um, yeah, everybody should check them out. Everybody, all those bands we just mentioned there, everyone should check out at least a song by them. And then get back to us. And let us know how they feel. Yeah. Uh, guilty pleasure. I'm going to admit this to all my listeners. My guilty pleasure last year was Miley Cyrus's album plus Cuts because it's got kind right. of an '80s vibe to it, and I, I like '80s stuff. Yeah. Cool. Um, guilty pleasure. I haven't really like. I'm pretty open, really. Um, guilty pleasure. What do I like? Um, when was this song from? Let me find out when this song was from because this is what I, all I listened to last year. I suppose it's probably a guilty pleasure in some way, isn't it? 
Oh, spelled that wrong. Um, oh, I've done it again. Class. Uh, two years ago, that was. It's a song called um, G-O-M-F by... Uh, they got to be called Dubs, but there's a V in it. D-V-B-B-S. I'll play it now. It's like, it's like a dance song. You wouldn't expect it. Um, but yeah, I saw it on a viral clip of a boy dancing. I was like, oh, I quite like this song. And then I just listened to it over and over. Oh, I tell you what's a guilty pleasure. There's an MC. There's a couple of MCs from South Wales, like rappers, right? There's a fella called MC Local, right? Who's, um, he had a song that was on Radio 1, um, which did very, very well. And uh, yeah, I really, really like his stuff. He's very, very funny. He's done a bunch of rap battles as well, as you can see online, where he annihilates people with his funny stuff. So, yeah, there's a guy called MC Local, or just Local, I think he goes by. He's fucking fantastic. Um, yeah, so that would probably be my guilty pleasure. Local. Check him out. He's very good. This was that song. Can you hear it? Oh. Yeah, I can ask him for it. So you wanna live long, so you wanna be free. Don't know why I got obsessed with it. Baby, running out of time, it's a really bad beat. I'll make sure you wanna play hard to get this time on me. Oh, that bass. Yeah. Oh, dance time. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah. Um, local, or that song by somebody called Dubs, um, with a V instead of a yeah. U, the twat. Right, 2022, guys. Anyone that started a band doing a band, please do not put a V in your band oh, name. That is, yeah. please drop it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, get rid of it, for God's sake. Yeah, grow up, get rid of the V, um, and be better. That's, that's my advice for everybody. Um, yeah, you've got a cool thing going on, yeah, so keep it going. And uh, yeah, I hope it gets massive for you. I hope you become the biggest pod, second biggest podcast. <laughs> Just behind um, yourselves. <laughs> with, a, with an S in the title. Yeah. Thank you, man. I appreciate the time and I appreciate the kind words. And it's been good to chat to you, man. Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, today. you too. No, thank, no, thank, you for, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. And yeah, thank you for the love with the uh with animal and stuff because yeah you've been uh, very vocal about it and i appreciate that very very much so, cheers man thank you appreciate that no worries, so everyone as you probably gathered that was sean smith from the band raiders a massive massive thank you to him for once again for his time i really appreciate that um i can't urge you all enough to go and check out raiders they are across facebook twitter instagram their late single animal is out everywhere as we speak go and check that out it's absolutely awesome um and once again thank you for tuning in to today's episode i hope you loved it if you haven't done so already please can ask you to like uh facebook and instagram and twitter pages we are on for twitter the handle is stt uk podcast the facebook and instagram handles are set in tone uk podcast if you wish for something to be reviewed or want to come on the show and discuss something please feel free to reach out through those channels or the email which is stt hyphen outlook.com and we'll set something up and um, once again for tuning in and your support means the world until next time bye bye for now Thank you.